When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Rays Bay Podcast Network. The uh, West Coast road trip coming to an end tonight. I am recording solo during the series finale between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Angels. Uh, Shohei Otani versus Shane McClanahan. Otani's pitching against the top of the fifth right now. The Rays are leading 1-0. And, of course, if you're listening to this, you already know how this game ended. Uh, So far, all I've seen is Shane McClanahan look really, really good. And Kevin Kiermeyer hit a home run off of Shohei Otani. Uh, but just recording this one solo, don't know how long this one's going to be. Um, I wanted to wait for the West Coast road trip to end before I recorded an episode this week. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think it's a good benchmark, right? Ten games on the road. Uh, you had three in Oakland, four in Seattle, and then three against the Angels. And it's been a success, right? You've won. At this point, you're 6-3, and three and you're leading in the 10th and final game of the road trip. I think you've got to be really happy with how this has gone. Um, the biggest headline out of the road trip is going to be the Reed Detmers uh, no-hitter that he threw, the first solo no-hitter of the season. He's a rookie. It was his 11th career start, the 12th career no-hitter in Angels history. Um, and, you know, it's been a few years, but Rays fans, I think we know all too well the feeling of being no hit. You go back to uh, the days of Mark Burley and Dallas Braden and Felix Hernandez and Edwin Jackson. And I, I believe I'm missing one more, um, but it felt like every year the Rays were guaranteed to be no hit. Uh, Burley's was back in 09. I believe Braden and Jackson were very close to one another in 2010. Uh, and then Felix Hernandez threw the perfect game. It was, well, it was three perfect games, Burley, Braden, and Hernandez. Hernandez threw one in 2012. And I want to say that's like the last perfect game that, that major league baseball has seen. Uh, they haven't seen a perfect game since Hernandez did it. That's been 10 years ago. They're very rare now. I mean, they were very rare to begin with, but um, you had that run, I think, in the you know late aughts, early 2010s, where you saw quite a few uh, and three of them against the Rays. So Reed Detmers, um, congratulations to, to that guy. Um, kept his pitch count down because he only struck out two. He only had the one walk. Uh, I think he got very lucky. Um, that's not to take anything away from his accomplishment. Right. I mean, if, if it were that easy or, you you know, anybody could luck into it, it would happen a lot more often than it does. And it's still rare. It was something that once the game was out of hand, I was rooting for him a little bit. You know, I, I still wanted the Rays to get a hit, but I was thinking, well, you're already down 12 nothing. We saw Brett Phillips come in and pitch, give up a blast to Mike Trout, a double to Shohei Otani. <clears throat> Excuse me. A double to Shohei Otani and a left handed home run to Anthony Rendon. <laughs> 
Um, once the game got out of hand, it was just, all right, you know, if he throws one, good for him. Uh, and he did. And you, you saw the Mets throw a combined no-hitter, and the Rays threw nine combined no-hit innings earlier this season against the Red Sox in a game they went on to win on that Kevin Kiermaier walk-off home run. So the combined no-hitter definitely, I think, becoming more of a thing, right? Obviously, pitchers aren't going as deep into games. Um, so you're going to see more of these bullpen days turn into a combined no-nos. So, um, yeah, uh, ultimately, you know, the Rays have dropped three in a row as I'm recording this. They're they're leading, and I see Brett Phillips is now in the scoring position in the fifth. Um, but the fact that they banked six wins in a row in Oakland, who I know are awful, and in Seattle, who I think are going to be pretty good this year. They've been struggling. The Rays have done well against them. The season series with them is now over, as it is with Oakland. The Angels still come to town later in the season. Um, the fact that you've already banked six wins, I think, is a huge success. And looking at this road trip as a whole, 10 games, you're playing the Mariners, you're playing the Angels, and the Angels are one of the best teams in baseball record-wise to this point, and it's not hard to see why. You look at guys like Mike Trout, the best player on the planet, Shohei Otani, very much could be the second best player on the planet. Um, Anthony Rendon, perennial MVP candidate, or had been at one point. Um, Taylor Ward, who's like leading all of those guys in the hitting categories, um, leading baseball in, in a few of them as well. He's off to a red-hot start. Uh, pitching staff has gotten better. They've added to it. Obviously, you've got Otani on that side of things. He's starting tonight. You have Noah Syndergaard. You've got Reed Detmers, right? <laughs> um, the rookie. So uh, much much improved Angels team. They took the first two games in their own ballpark, took a no-hitter for one of them. Um, and, they, you know, maybe the Rays come out of here with one. And if they do, if they win this one, again, you'll have already known this, it'll be 7-3 and three road trip. If they lose, 6-4. and four. That's pretty good, too. I was, like, ready for, honestly, I was ready for a very terrible road trip i was thinking i don't know three and seven two and eight if things get really wonky and there were some wonky nights you know you look at that series in oakland i wrote the recap for dresbay.com the night where zanino comes off the bench and hits a two-run home run off of kirby sneed to tie it rays go on to win it and manfred ball extra innings that's something the rays have had more success this year now than they did all of last year or the year before when the the new Extra inning rule was implemented. Runner on second. Nobody out to start the inning. I see the Rays did not get the run across here in the fifth, but that's okay. Again, I don't need to give you guys play-by-play. The box score is already out there. You probably watched it or are caught up on what happened. Um, But yeah, six wins. A chance to, have, to get a seventh right here as I'm recording. And the reason I'm recording is, you know, I got to, be up really early tomorrow, hit the road. I'll be down in Lakeland broadcasting the FCSAA, which is Junior College uh, State Baseball Tournament. Um, four of the best junior college baseball teams in Florida, Chipola, Central Florida, um, Miami-Dade, and Indian River will all be there, and there's going to be plenty of Division One prospects, draft prospects, including Cam Collier, 
Uh, left-handed hitting third baseman who's 17 years old playing junior college baseball right now is projected to go in the first round by a lot of mock drafts. Um, I've seen him play a couple times this year, called a couple of his games for when he played against Tallahassee Community College and Chipola advanced to the last round of the state tournament in Lakeland, albeit Joker Marchant Stadium, where uh, the Tigers play their spring training games and the Flying Tigers play out their minor league season. So I won't go on too much of a tangent, but that's something I'm really excited for. You can check it out on the FCSAA uh, network on their website. Shameless plug there. I think it is. I think it does cost a little bit of money, but hey, it's really good baseball, and hopefully I can heighten the experience as much as possible. I'm excited for that. So, yeah, that's why I didn't wait for this game to end. Can't be up that late. Got to hit the road by like 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. So I just wanted to bring this to you guys now and just kind of talk. Um, the Rays... I feel really good about this team. Um, we're at the point in the season where we can start still early, but we can start to make assumptions or take some things from what we've seen. Guys that are still struggling, you know, is it, are they still just, you know, needed some time to warm up or is there something more to be worried about here? Um, for the Rays, that's really just. I mean, obviously, Mike Zanino, right? 138 batting average, 197 on base, 292 slug, 49 WRC+. plus. He's got three home runs. Um, and we weren't expecting him to put up another 130 WRC plus season, right? But would love to see that number closer to 100. Uh, maybe the other one we need to worry about is Randy Rosarena. 229 batting average, 266 on base, 356 slug. Just hit his first home run of the season. He's not walking. He's striking out a good bit. He's got an 89 WRC plus. means he's 11% below league average. Um, and according to fan graphs, um, this is mostly weighted by, you know, a little bit weighted down by his defense as well. A negative 0.3 wins above replacement. Now that's the fan graphs metric. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's been a slow start. I, I, he, he seems, he's never been like a, ultra disciplined hitter right but there's just a lot of swings where you're like what are you doing a lot of outs on the base paths their base running metric has him at negative four right which is probably worse than the league um you've seen him get out a lot and i think that's one thing i want to touch on is base running as a whole um the rays killed it in the base running met the fan graphs base running metric last year they led the league i think they were lapping most of the field um in that in that metric and again, it's not an end-all, be-all, uh, but it's a pretty good indicator. And it's not just things like stolen bases, things like uh, getting from first to third on a single, right? Scoring from first to home or scoring from first on an extra base on a double. Um, things like that, not getting out on the bases. And the Rays were really good at it last year. And it was, I think, really part of the reason that their offense put up, scored as many runs as they did, right? They weren't leading the league in things like batting average or even on base, or home runs. I mean, they, they they did really well in those things, but their runs, they were bringing in more runs than those numbers would suggest, right? I mean, a big part of that was base running. Um, they, they found ways to put guys in scoring position to get guys home. They were aggressive. I also see a lot of uh, a lot of people, you know, trying to say, well, is, is it reckless or is it aggressive? And I think a lot of the times it's reckless if you're out and it's aggressive if you're safe. And... I am a fan of the aggressive base running, right? Um, 
so right now the Rays are 23rd in all of baseball in that base running metric, negative 2.4. The lowest, maybe to no surprise, is the Cincinnati Reds, negative 8.7. They seem to be awful in a lot of things. 211 team batting average, 285 team on base. They, they, they're just not getting it done, right? And uh, they've lost a good chunk of their games because of that. And the pitching has not helped at all either. Um, but the Rays, yeah, I think, you know, they're going to continue to be aggressive, right? I, I don't like the adage in baseball, you don't want to make, you don't want to get out on the base paths or you don't want to make the last out on the base paths. Uh, yeah, you don't want to make it at third base, right? When you're already in scoring position, you can score on a base at anyways. Yeah, maybe you don't need to try to get from second to third when there's two outs in an inning. I understand things like that. It's different situational things, but you don't want to get out anywhere, right? You don't want to get out at the plate. You don't want to get out on the bases. And so the adage of like, oh, you got to, you know, yeah, you got to be smart. You can't be stupid. But do you have a better chance of scoring, trying to score on a on a single into left field where the left fielder has to field it cleanly, come up, make the throw, cutoff man has to either let it go or cut it off and the catcher has to then field it and apply the tag. Uh, there's a lot of variance. I think there probably more, more variance there than or a higher probability of scoring in a lot of situations than entrusting whoever's next in the lineup to, to bring you in from third. Um, and, and, and I think that's something the Rays are trying to exploit, right? If you can, if you can bring a couple guys, more guys in that, other teams are holding at third base or other teams are holding at second base. You're going to create offense, right? That's, that's one of the ways you can win. Um, that's a, that's, that's a baseball fundamental, right? This isn't anything crazy. I don't, I don't really think it's like, I mean, I'm sure it is analy- analytically driven to an extent, but it's also just, let's try to take the extra base. Let's try to exploit their defense rather than, you know, a guy that's got, a 240 batting average and a 310 on base try to make something happen at the plate because that's a lot less likely to happen. And I think uh, most of the time this year, like for the Rays, it's just hasn't gone their way. And maybe there being a maybe there's a couple times in Randy Rosarena specifically that he has been a little reckless. Uh, again, still uh, he's he's only reckless because he's out. You'd, we'd all be saying how aggressive and smart that was if he was safe heads up play. But this is something I think we've seen. You know, you look, go back to the 2020 World Series. Manuel Margot was a few inches away from stealing home. I loved that. I loved it when it happened. Even though he was out, it required Clayton Kershaw to step off at the perfect time, make the throw. It was actually Max Muncie, I think, that pointed it out. And it sounds like it was something they practiced. And good on them for that uh, with the way Clayton Kershaw comes set when he's working out of the stretch. And... uh it didn't work out, but then you know you see Randy Rosarena steal home in Game One of the ALDS last year. I was at that game, and I think there were there were three moments that I thought the Rays were going to win the World Series throughout the four game ALDS. It just felt like a team of destiny. It was Randy stealing home in Game One. It was Jordan Luplo hitting the grand slam in Game Two, and it was Kevin Kiermaier throwing out Alex Verdugo at third base in Game Four. Uh, two of those games they went on to lose, and Game Four ended their season. But those were those were moments that I I was like, this is the team of destiny right here. This is the team that's going to go win it all. But the the Randy steal of home was probably the top of that list. So it was such a great moment, something that doesn't happen in baseball that often, and doesn't happen in the postseason. 
And maybe that was adrenaline, but maybe again, that was another attempt for the Rays, you know, the, the mindset they have uh, to try to take extra bases. Uh, Ronnie Linares, I don't know if there's anybody that tracks this, but in terms of sending runners, he's got to be one of the highest in the big leagues as a third base coach. And I like that. I don't know. I'd rather be aggressive and run into a couple more outs than be conservative and score less runs. Maybe it'll work out at the end of the season. I, I don't expect the race to stay 23rd in that base running metric, but uh, maybe they're not first again. Maybe other teams are doing it better. Maybe other teams have better base runners. I don't know. Still only a little over a month into the season. Remember, we didn't get started till April 7th. It's now only May 11th. Um, Randy Rosarena, though, uh, I'm not worried. You know, he's still only 11% below league average. He's not a guy that's going to have a 130 WRC plus. Um, last year he was 128 though, so maybe 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 he can be that, or maybe that's the best he'll be. I don't know. You'd like to see him get to at least like a 110 number. Um, his BABIP right around 306, so a little bit low for his career. But again, such a he doesn't even have a thousand career plate appearances, so I don't know if that's stabilized yet as well. Not worried. Um, looking at the roster right now, Vidal Brujan is back up, right? You look at the injured list, um, it's still all pitchers, which is a good, uh, not a good sign, but nobody on the position player side has picked up any injuries. Um, Maza and Sanders, one of the most recent. Um, every day we play, though, getting closer to having guys like Patino and Shane Baz back, and Tyler Glass now is throwing. I think maybe he's a little bit ahead of schedule. I'm still skeptical of if he pitches, what his role will be. A um, couple other guys. We did see the demotion of Josh Lowe, who really struggled um, during this stint in the big leagues. Um, and it was the concerns that I had for him. I still think he's going to be a fine player. Uh, it was the strikeout. He's striking out a 38% clip over 71 plate appearances in the big leagues. You know, you look at his strikeout numbers throughout each level of the minors, and that was always an issue for him, right? Struck out 28% of the time in A-ball back in 2017 in his age 19 season. Um, that number was kind of right, you know, around 25 26% as he progressed last year in, in Durham, 26.2%. But he made up for it with the walks and the power and the base running and the defense. That's what makes him a, a top prospect, right? That's what makes him a top 100 guy on a lot of different lists. He had 26 stolen bases, 22 home runs, a 13% walk rate, a 381 on base percentage, and a 142 WRC+. And 71 plate appearances definitely isn't enough to to fully judge a guy on, and he'll he's back in the in the minors now, struggling through seven games. Um nothing to really draw from that. Does have three home runs. Uh, but isn't doing much outside of outside of that. He's got a 250 on base and a 60.7% strikeout rate. As things stand, he has struck out 17 times in 28 plate appearances back in AAA Durham. Again, not worried about that, but hopefully he can find his groove. And I'm sure at some point, right, you, you think you, you got a guy in your roster like Kevin Kiermeyer, he gets injured a ton. That would be a clear spot for for Josh Lowe to come back up. Right now they've got Vidal Brujan, who played right field on Tuesday night, playing second base tonight. So that's another guy they view as an outfielder. You've got Harold Ramirez, who is mostly DH first base, uh, but did play left field last week. Uh, I, I 
expect him to not play a ton out there, especially when you've got Margot, Kiermaier, Phillips, Rosarena, Bruhan, Lowe. you got a lot of guys ahead of him in the packing order, but you can throw them out there. Um, so, yeah, Josh Lowe back down. Vidal Bruhan's up for a little bit. It's tough for any of these guys to find consistent playing time when you look at the rest of this lineup. Uh, Wander Franco, Gman Choi is back. That ended up being a really short IL stint. Um, we know that what G-Man's dealing with, and this time it wasn't his legs, um, but he's going to have a couple IL stints throughout the year. This one was loose bodies in his elbow, um, which, you know, we hear that and we think you know, if he was a pitcher, uh, he's down for two, three months, right? Nope. He took his 10 days, came back shortly thereafter. Uh, he's continuing to put together a really good season. Only 60 plate appearances for him thus far, but 306 batting average, 433 on base. 18.3% walk rate. He leads the team in walk rate. Um, so doing really well there. Manuel Margot continues to just be incredible, right? 337 batting average, 400 on base, 500 slug, a 175 WRC plus. The only player higher in that category is, is Troy with a 188, uh, but I don't think he quali- he's a qualifier anymore. Margot might not be either. He's only at 95 plate appearances. Uh, but he's incredible. 1.1 wins above replacement on fan graphs. That's behind only Franco, who continues to be just really good. 317, 341, 508 slug, 155 WRC plus 1.6 wins above replacement. He leads the team in home runs with four. Actually, nope. Brandon Lau's got five. He's somebody is you know, batting average sitting at 200 on base. You know, he's drawn 9.6% of his plate appearances or walks. So he's got the 288 on base. You want to see that number higher, um, but he's making up for it with the power. He's got the 107 WRC plus. You expect that to be higher. I'm not really worried about him. He's not striking out. He's actually, I think, striking out less than than what he has on his career. Um, so I'm actually pretty happy with Brandon. He's got a career 28.4% strikeout rate, and he's only striking out 25.6% of the time this season. If he finished with that number, it'd be the lowest of his career. He did 25.7% in 2018 over 43 games. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm he's he's not killing it. But uh, I'm not worried about Brandon Lau as much as I am worried about a guy like uh, Randy Rosarena. Like, the the strikeouts for Lau are going to happen. And they're going to happen for Rosarena, too. Um, but Lau is finding that power. Still finding ways to produce. Playing a pretty good second base. Um, Yandy Diaz. 15.5% walk rate, 10% strikeout rate. And just incredible, 400 on, uh, on base percentage. Um, he's doing what Yandy does. He's doing it better than he has in the last couple of years, really. But that's, this is the player he's been. This is the player the Rays got from Cleveland in that Jake Powers trade. This is why they wanted him, and he's doing it. Uh, the next, if we're sliding over to the pitching, well, actually, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about Rays pitching. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, and we're back to talk pitching. Um, yeah, Jeffrey Springs is a starter now. 
Uh, he's been really good out of the bullpen to start this season off. Extremely effective. We knew that he could be a multi-inning guy. Um, you, you look at his his numbers in the minor leagues, you know, was stretched out a few times. Um, even spent when he was with the Rangers organization in the 2017 season at 17 starts, pitched really well. Boston, uh, Texas, you know, he's with Texas. He became a full-time reliever as he moved through the system. And then uh, the Rays turning him into a starter. That's something I'm 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 really excited to see. He went four innings, um, did give up three earned runs on the home run, uh, struck out four though, walked none. His xFIP was two four one, so maybe a little unlucky, but did give up the home run. So still really excited to see what he can do and how he fits into this puzzle, right? Because You've got Shane McClanahan, who, by the way, is is brilliant tonight. And you guys already know this, but I'm watching him go back out there for the seventh. He's got nine strikeouts already. Drew Rasmussen, another guy the Rays turned back into a starter, uh, has been incredible for the Rays this season. Ryan Yarbrough just coming back off the IL. Didn't look good in his first start. Looks pretty good in his second start. We'll get to see him against Toronto this weekend. And Corey Kluber, the veteran guy they brought in, who's, who's performed really well. He struggled. On Tuesday against the Angels, but I like what I've seen out of Corey Kluber. The question for him was never really the quality of innings. It's the, the quantity of innings, right? How many innings are you going to get out of a 36-year-old Corey Kluber who uh, you know, has dealt with a lot of injuries the last three years, really? Um, now he's getting older. What can you expect? And still, uh, you know, I don't have super high innings expectations for him. Uh, but the fact that he's looked this good, I mean, I just I just can't help but be ecstatic about that signing. And to this point, it's worked out better than the, well, last season you saw the Rays bring in Rich Hill, Michael Walker, and Chris Archer. And Chris Archer barely threw it all. Uh, Rich Hill pitched for a couple months, and for the month of May, he was like the best pitcher on the planet. Uh, then the Rays traded him in June uh, to the Mets, right? And Michael Walker... I don't know. He had his ups and downs. wasn't very good in Boston. Doing fine now, I think. Uh, but the Rays just go out and they get Corey Kluber. I think he was a guy they had been interested in, and they finally got him, and it's worked out really well. Bullpen continues to do what we expect them to do. I think the usage has gone. You saw Brooks Raley, who like was being used like once a week. It really felt like through the first month of the season, he pitched three days in a row last weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. In that series against Seattle, and they've got some some big lefties in there, J.P. Crawford, Jesse Winker. Um, so they found the right opportunities to use him. But also, I think they they really tried to take the workload off of their a bullpen guys, right? Your Rayleys, your Kittredges, your Fireisens. When you had that twenty eight man roster, uh, when you had a ten man bullpen, right? If you can, you can spare those guys, keep their arms fresh, let them continue to build up after what was a short spring training. We talk about the impact it has on the starters, but I mean that impact is felt with the relievers too. And uh, now you're back to an eight-man bullpen, which is what we expected them to carry this season. Even after the roster crunch, they went with the 14-pitcher, 12-position player split, having only a three-man bench and a nine-man bullpen. Uh, they they went ahead and made that, that, that change. They went back to... 
um, just the eight-man bullpen when they optioned Josh Fleming. Fleming, I don't know. I just think he was the most unlucky pitcher on the Rays this year. I actually was pretty happy with what I saw out of Josh Fleming, but it just wasn't working right now. Um, hopefully he can find his groove again in AAA, and the Rays have a guy that's somewhat similar, not completely, but a guy like Jeffrey Springs. And like I said, you're moving closer to having Shane Boz and Elise Patino back. I'm not going to try to put a timetable on. It'll probably feel longer than what we were all expecting, but eventually those those guys will come back. Uh, and, and, and it'll still take some time for them to get fully stretched out, and their roles might not be as cut and dry. Shane Boz is going to come out here and give you six-inning outings for the rest of the season. They're going to be very careful with his innings, right, because the last thing you want to do is bring him back and have him go under the knife and miss a, a year and a half, right? A year or a season and a half. So I'm happy with the pitching staff and there's a lot of injuries, but that depth is still there. If they need to go into the minors, you've still got Josh Fleming and Tommy Romero. And, you know, those guys aren't going to come out and, you know, be, be studs in your rotation, but they can do a job. I'd like to see Tommy Romero up again at some point this season. On the position player side of things, you look at Rene Pinto, who I really liked when he was up, Jonathan Aranda, Isak Paredes, Josh Lowe, Luke Rayleigh, who we haven't seen at all yet this year. All guys on the 40-man that, if we haven't seen them already, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get them at some point. I like the depth of this team. Um and given where they're at in the standings, and they're 18 and 13, lead one nothing right now in the seventh. They're four and a half back of the Yankees after the Yankees won their game. Um, but they can. Uh, I actually think that's wrong. I think they were. I thought they were three back. Um, maybe I'm miscounting. Um, but you know uh, where they're at in the standings, I'm really happy with the Yankees. I've I've been saying the Yankees are good enough to win this division, and they and they still are. I mean, look at the way they're playing. 22 and eight. They're not going to play that well the rest of the year. And the Rays are going to hit some bumps too. Um, I don't think the Yankees are good enough to run away with the division. They're definitely good enough to win it. The Toronto Blue Jays, who are 17 and 15 as things stand, are good enough to win it. Boston Red Sox, less so, right? 11 and 19, 11 games back. They're in last place. They're two games behind Baltimore right now. Shocking. And again, it's getting to the point where it's not just a slow start anymore. Uh, it, you can definitely have real concerns about the Red Sox. I don't. I'm glad that they're in the last. I don't like them. <laughs> uh, and I'd like to see the Yankees down there with them and the Blue Jays and the Orioles and the Rays just run away and take the division easily. Um, that's not going to be the case. We knew that wasn't going to be the case. But I think we got to be really happy with where we're at right now, how this road trip has gone. I mean, if you walk away with seven wins on a 10-game West Coast road trip, I take that every day and twice on Sunday. They'll have the day off Thursday, the day this is released, and then you get three games against the Blue Jays. Big series, right? You want to separate yourselves from them? You know, if the Yankees do run away with the division, you're competing for one of three wild card spots. That's... If you get the top two, if you get the top wild card spot, you get home field, right? In a, a three game series, that's important. Uh, you want to create some distance between you and Toronto. Sweep them, right? <laughs> two out of three would be nice, but you're playing at home. You're gonna have 
uh, Rasmussen, Yarbrough, and probably Kluber go in that series. I think uh, a good opportunity to to keep this rolling. And yeah, I, I'm I, I'm very happy with this. I think this is kind of what I expected out of this team. And on the position player side of things, they're healthy. We knew the like the injuries they're dealing with on the pitcher side, other than JT Chagua and Patino. Patino happened in like the first week of the season. Chagua was was I think day two of the season as well. Everything else we knew about coming into the season, right? We knew we knew Glasnow was out. We knew Brendan McKay. We we didn't really know much about Brendan McKay because we haven't seen him in a long, long time. Uh, Yanni Torinos, another guy we haven't seen in a while. We knew those guys weren't going to be factors, at least to start the year. Shane Boz, he goes the arthroscopic surgery. We knew he's going to be out until you know June, probably. Um, bullpen Maza and Sanders are on there now, but they've stayed healthy and there's going to be some more off days mixed in. And this is one of the toughest, if not the toughest road trip and to get it out of the way and to do it so well. And Shane McClanahan with another punch out. I mean, he is looking like an all-star at this point through the season. I'm really happy with it. And we're going to take one more quick break. And, uh, then on the other side, I'm going to, uh, Raise my voice a little bit about TV options. They've, it's been a popular topic online uh, with Bally Sports and in their direct-to-consumer app that should be releasing at some point this season. I, I just have some thoughts about TV and uh, the way fans are kind of treating these announcements. I think there's some misunderstanding there. So we'll take one more quick break, and then I'll raise my voice, and we'll get out of here. It'll be a relatively quick episode because it's just me this week. And we're back on Raise Your Voice, and it's time for me to raise my voice. No guests this week, so just me sharing my opinions uh, about the state of TV in Major League Baseball right now. Now, we know TV is where these guys make, the the owners, I should say, a large chunk of their money, right? There were rumors at one point that the Rays and Fox Sports Sun were set to agree on an $80 million a year uh, deal to broadcast all 162 race games. That deal, I think, ended up getting lowered, and then uh, Fox was bought by Disney, and Disney sold the, or Fox sold the regional sports networks to Sinclair, who then sold the naming rights to Bally, the gambling company. And now we have Bally Sports Sun and Bally Sports Florida, and that deal with the Rays is... I, th- I think actually significantly less than the $80 million. Um, But, you know, Tampa St. Pete is the 11th biggest TV market in the country. The Rays are a very successful team that do very well in the ratings. Um, TV ratings across the league are up. Um, you, you hear all the time, oh, baseball is dying. It's less popular. And then that might be true. I don't know. I'm not here to argue that. But TV ratings, especially in key demographics, are up across the league including, you know, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, which last year I didn't love the broadcast. I didn't love the team. I didn't love the the quality of those those broadcasts, but it, the numbers were up for everybody, right? Including ESPN. And there and there's been some issues with in the RSN side, specifically with Bally Sports. Um uh, the people had some issues with the the graphics packages. Some people had issues with the name, the app um, which if you have you know your cable or your live streaming login you can you can watch on their app i 
That's how I watch, and it's not the best experience, right? Fox definitely had their issues with their app as well. Uh, But Bally has introduced a new direct-to-consumer streaming option, and I I believe it's going to be called Bally Sports Plus. The price point is going to be $20 a month, and you get access to Rays, Lightning, Magic, I believe Florida Panthers and Miami Heat games as well. Now, there are still some big questions like whether or not you'll get some out-of-market stuff. Like, will you have access to, I'm trying to think of another team on on Valley Sports, the Cincinnati Reds, right? Or the, the Columbus Blue Jackets, if you go to hockey. Um, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks are on Valley Sports, Arizona. Um, those out-of-market. And, and not every market is getting it at launch. I believe it's like Kansas City, Tampa, St. Pete, and Detroit, I want to say. But not every market. It's a lot of actually like... Tampa St. Pete's a huge market, but not a, you know, a lot of mid-level markets in there. Uh, still still unsure whether or not you'll get access to any of those teams that are using Valley Sports Sun, or not Valley Sports Sun, Valley Sports, whatever their network is called, uh, with that direct-to-consumer price, right? That $20 a month, because then it becomes a little more valuable. But even if it's not, even if you just get the teams that are covered by Valley Sports Sun and Valley Sports Florida, I think this is a great deal. Now, if you're a person that watches through your cable provider or your live streaming provider, there's no, nothing changes for you, right? You can continue paying whatever you pay. If you're happy with that product, you can continue to watch the Rays. And I know it has been difficult because of the way Sinclair has dealt with the rights to have that channel. Like right now, it's like Spectrum and I believe one other cable provider in the Tampa Bay area, and then only a couple of streaming services, right? Not a YouTube TV. I still I still think doesn't have it. Um, Direct TV Stream does. I know Spectrum does. And yeah, I guess Direct TV uh, Satellite would as well. Other you know outside of the streaming. So I know it hasn't been the easiest to to watch the raisin. That's part of the reason I think people are frustrated with Sinclair, but. A lot of people have switched, right? They found a provider that does have the Rays and the Lightning. They want to watch those. For a lot of people, you know, baseball season runs from um, April to, to September for regular season, right? And hockey season runs from October into into May, right? So it, it's all year round. If you watch the Rays and the Lightning, that might be what you watch on most nights. The Rays play 162 games. The Lightning play 82 only a few of those are, you know, overlapping. Um, so there's a that's a lot, that's a lot of people's main TV watching, and that's valuable to a lot of people, right? And so some people have these live streaming providers or cable providers just to mainly watch this. You might tune in some other things. I don't know. You might watch the the NBA or the NHL on TNT and the Lightning are on TNT quite a bit this year. ESPN. Um, obviously, there are benefits to having a cable package. Um, especially when you've got two successful teams that are on national TV or the Rays aren't as much, but the Lightning are quite a bit, right? They got a good amount of TNT and ESPN games this year. But for people that just want to watch the Rays and the Lightning and maybe the, I don't know, the Orlando Magic, who haven't been worth watching in quite some time, and the Rays have taken a 2-0 lead in the 8th, love to see that, you can continue to do that or... 
You can continue to watch through your cable provider, or you can pay the $20 a month and not have to pay. Like most live streaming providers are like $80 a month, at least right now. And that's if that's like the bare minimum package. I don't want to pay that, right? I mean, I, uh, you know, complete transparency. I use my parents' login, right? So I can get some live TV and I can log into Bally Sports to watch the Rays. Um, but if I didn't have that, you know, at this point in my life, I don't know if I want to pay what cable providers are charging these days or what live streaming providers are charging. Like live streaming was initially supposed to be this cheap alternative to cable or satellite television. And now in some cases, it can be cheaper to go back to cable, especially if you can get internet included with that. So again, if, if, if you found a way to watch the Rays that you like, this changes nothing. And I think part of this goes on, on Sinclair and Bally for their, their, their how they rolled this out because it was a little confusing. And it still is confusing. Some people were saying $20 is too expensive. Well, you're already paying a regional sports network fee to your cable provider or to your live streaming provider. And so it's not $20 a month, but it's not free, right? You, you, you do pay an extra. And I think it's, I think it's added into almost all packages. Cause you can get the RSNs on almost any cable package. There are some extra sports packages, but I think you're stuck paying the RSN fee no matter what. And that's why these things are so valuable. All right. Because there's, there's so much money to be made because they're very popular channels. A lot of people, Spend a lot of their nights coming home and putting the Rays game on. So $20 a month. I will say the the complaints about the app, how it, how it currently operates, is not an app I would want to pay any money for. If they can fix the app and make it more user-friendly and just work better, right? $20 a month is a solid deal. And again, you don't have to get it. But for me, if I was just thinking, okay, here's my budget for the month for entertainment, $20 a month, and I'm going to spend most of my nights watching race games anyways, $20 a month to get to the race games. And then I can, you know, use the rest of my money on, I don't know, HBO Max or Netflix or one of these other, a couple other um, streaming providers instead of paying however much I would pay for a Comcast in Tallahassee or Spectrum or uh, DirecTV or DirecTV Stream or even um, like YouTube TV, which doesn't even get the Rays games at this point. So it's it's an extra option. And it's something that they talked about doing as soon as they bought these, these RSNs. It's not for everybody. It's not mandatory. You don't have to pay an extra $20 a month to watch the Rays. I think some people are confused about that. And you know, twenty. Yeah, if you, if you know, if you don't like twenty dollars a month, yeah, you know, I mean, you're already paying a ton to watch these games, anyways. Or just continue to illegally stream them. Personally, I don't want to rely on a on a streaming website that I have to consistently refresh or click out of pop up ads to watch the games. At the same time, though, the Bally Sports app, it, it it feels like it's an illegal streaming app because of how how poorly it operates. So if they fix that, I think this is a very fair price point. Um, not to say that it won't go up, because if it rolls out and it's a success and it goes to all their markets, it, it it's going to go up. I mean, that's just how it works. It's going to end up being $30, $40 a month, right? Or you'll have premium options. And the other thing I'm curious, is there going to be more content? You know, is there going to be, um, you've got like Inside the Rays, right? Which airs on the channel. Or are there going to be like premium episodes of that that I get if I'm a Bally Sports Plus member? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. 
Also, I'm sure there's going to be more gambling. You know, Bally is a gambling company. They're a casino company, right? As it becomes more legalized throughout the country, it already is in a ton of states, you're going to get more gambling content integrated into raise games, right? You're going to have Dwayne Stats talking about the live odds in the bottom of the fifth inning. And I don't know how you feel about that, but that's that's the reality we're headed in. We're, you see it on a lot of other networks now. Sports gambling used to be like taboo to talk about for broadcasters, and now it's encouraged in a lot of in a lot of on a lot of networks. And these networks have um, sports books that are their official partners. You know, you'll see DraftKings or BetMGM or FanDuel. Um, so that's the future, and it's something that you know you're not going to have a channel like Bally Sports Sun or Bally Sports Florida or a, a subscription service like Bally Sports Plus that doesn't have gambling content. I think Bally already has a show that runs like late afternoon in the weekdays before the games come on um, about gambling. But I'm, I'm sure you'll see it implemented in as, as long as the Rays are with this network, those types of, uh, you know, right in the games, in the pregame show and in the postgame show, it's going to be talked about. There's going to be graphics about what the odds are, what the odds are for Wander Franco to win American League MVP or what a prop bet is tonight that you can place in the middle of the game. That's just that's going to be the reality. And I don't love it. Like, I don't I don't love it being like in your face all the time, but there's no avoiding it at this point. The other TV thing I want to address is Apple TV Plus. Uh, The Rays have been on Apple TV Plus twice this season. I expect they're going to be on it a few times more because it's a uh, it's 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 the only the second or I guess third now with Peacock exclusive broadcast in Major League Baseball. Like, I think tonight the Rays are on Fox Sports 1, um, but it's not exclusive, exclusive. I think it's blacked out in, in Florida. Um, they make you watch on, on Bally Sports. Um, but Apple TV is exclusive Friday nights. They have two night games a, um, a week. And the biggest thing there is, again, part of this is on Apple for the way they're marketing it. People think that you have to pay to watch it, and it's free. And it's free for now, and maybe, again, that might change as well. You also don't need an Apple device. You don't need to want an iPhone or an iPad or a MacBook or an Apple TV to watch this. You do need to have an account, but it is free to set up. And you have to go onto the Apple TV app, which you can download on a Roku. You can download on an Android. You can download on pretty much any smart device. Log in and you'll see their library of content, but you'll see Major League Baseball or Friday Night Baseball, whatever they call it. I think it's Friday Night Baseball. Um, and, and you can watch for free. And if you want to watch all the other content like Ted Lasso or the morning show, or there's that Jason Momoa show where everyone's blind, you can do that too, uh, for, I don't know, $10 a month or whatever it is, but, uh, those are free. Anybody can download those down that app, download that app. You do need, you don't need an, an Apple device and you can watch those. And I see a lot of complaining and I know it's different, right? It's not on TV, right? You can't just go to channel 220, right, and watch the race game. Uh, you, you, you've got to download something or go on a smart device, and I know that's frustrating for some people. It's nice to be able to just flip to the channel, and there they are every night. But, again, it's the reality we're living in. And the broadcast themselves, I've really enjoyed from what I've seen. I've, I've got to see very little of the two times the Rays were on it. I was busy both of those Friday nights, but the graphics look clean. I like the broadcasters. It, it's something new. Um, there's some implementation of some statistics that I like seeing in game that help fans get a better understanding of what's happening on the field. 
And the Rays are going to be on it quite a few more times. I'm pretty sure of it. So uh, suck it up is what I'm saying. You don't have to buy Bally's $20 a month service. And you don't have to watch the Rays when they're on Apple TV Plus. But these are this is the future of sports content, live sports content. It's it's changing, as is a lot of other things in the way people consume entertainment. I mean, look at what's happened to movies and TV, right? A lot of people don't go to the movie theaters anymore. A lot of people don't just flip the channel to HBO or Showtime. They just go to their apps and scroll through their library there. Everything is on demand. I can watch anything at any time, any place now. Um, that's 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 how it's happening with baseball, and it's going to happen with basketball and hockey. The other you know the other sports that are mainly featured on RSNs, and you even see football changing games on Amazon Prime, and games will be featured on streaming only. I believe ESPN Plus is getting a a game this year in the NFL. So buckle up, folks. Stop complaining online. Nobody cares what you're saying on Twitter, and I don't mean that to be rude, but. I don't know. I just I got a little uh, you know I was frustrated with with some things that people were complaining about, um, especially with the Apple TV Plus games. It's not that hard. It's 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 really not that hard. Uh, that's gonna do it though for this week's episode of Raise Your Voice. Uh, it was solo. I hope you guys didn't mind just listening to me moan on for uh, about forty eight minutes now. So uh, that's that's gonna do it. And uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure to head on over to dracebay.com to check out all of the great. Rays coverage. If you like what we do here on the D Rays Bay Podcast Network, make sure to subscribe or follow on your preferred podcast platform. That way, every single episode, whether it be Raise Your Voice or Who's on Worst, or if we drop in with a podcast special, all of those episodes will be downloaded directly to your device. And if your platform allows it, and I know Spotify does as well as Apple, giving us a rating and a review is the best way to spread what we do to more and more Rays fans. I've been trying to check the reviews constantly. Um, if you've got a question or a comment that you want read out on the show, just leave a five-star review or a five-star rating and uh, you know leave your comment in the review. And I will try to read it out on a future episode of Raise Your Voice. Uh, next week, I, I imagine we'll have some guests back on uh, so you don't have to listen to me for a whole hour. But thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.